Just the first slide. All right. Yeah. All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, we will open this morning with the daily word, and the word for today is freedom. The divine presence within God. At times, I may feel hemmed in by circumstances, limited by lack of opportunity, or faced with an unwelcome situation and no good choice. When that happens, I may feel anything but free. Rather than despair, I find my freedom in God and the limitless expression of my divinity. Shifting my perspective from the limits of the world to the expanse and perfection of spirit, peace fills me. I relax and remember that no earthly trouble is greater or more enduring than God. I claim the power of God and feel a strength beyond mere human strength as moment by moment I release limiting beliefs and reclaim the power I had given to my problems. Spirit lives in me and as me. This truth is my freedom. And from 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, if you would um, join me and Mike and Karen and Isaac and whoever's there in singing Surely the Presence, we will... Join our voices together. Surely the presence of God's love is in this place. I can feel the mighty power. <laughs> love is in this place surely the presence of God's love is in this place I can feel the mighty power and the grace I can feel the rush of angel wings 
I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of God's love is in this place. Is it possible to go back to the opening slide? Joanne, oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, we were so busy trying to push buttons and get this slide up that um, I didn't speak of it. And as many of you know, our dear friend Hildy uh, made her transition a week or so ago. And today we're going to focus some of our loving attention on her. And, um, well, this is just the perfect picture of her. And, yes, always in our hearts. So we will have a moment a little later um, for you to recall some fun things and uh, some of her great attributes. So, okay. We will um, say our opening statement together when that comes up, and there it is. There is only one presence and one power acting as the universe and as my life, God the good. And our welcoming song today is Deep Inside My Heart. Buttons. Oh, yeah. Deep inside my heart, I've got this everlasting love. It's shining like the sun, it radiates on everyone. And the more that I give, the more that I give, the more I've got to give, the more I've got to give. It's the way that I live. It's what I'm living for Deep inside my heart Way down deep inside my heart I've got this everlasting love got this everlasting love Deep inside my heart I've got this everlasting love it's shining like the sun It radiates on everyone And the more that I give The more that I give The more I've got to give The more i got to give It's the way that I live It's what I'm living for Deep inside my heart Inside my heart, I got this everlasting love. I got this everlasting love. 
got this everlasting love. I've got this everlasting love. Deep inside my heart. Oh, way down deep inside my heart. I've got this everlasting love. Got this everlasting love. I've got this everlasting love. I think we got meet and greet, John and Sherry. <laughs> Hi, friend. Thank you. Yes, Hi. <laughs> I like Isaac singing. He's good. Oh, thank you. I'm surprised he knows hey. the words. Hey. Oh yeah, he's been doing this for a while with us. He's he's really good at remembering songs. It's amazing. Yeah, he must be. Who's <coughs> cool. doing? Good, good for Paul's life. This guy Isaac. He's a he's a great singer. He's a good looking kid too. <laughs> good looking. Yep, looks like his mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does look like my mom? Yeah. He looks like my mom's baby pictures. Really? That's good. Yeah, well, Fred, it's good to see you looking really good. I uh, feel good. Feel good. Yeah, you look really <laughs> really good. I'm 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 getting there. Good. <laughs> what am I doing Tuesday? You're getting hearing aids. Oh, I'm gonna get some hearing aids, maybe. Oh. Cool. <laughs> well, I don't know, you know. I had a test and I don't know whether to believe it or not, but <laughs> you say Sherry. My my wife believes it, so yeah. <laughs> well that's the important thing. <laughs> I won't have to repeat things from her. Yeah. yeah, well we'll see. <laughs> you need to send some of the warm weather this way, John. Well, we, we've well, been cool. We've been pretty, we had a few nights close. Well, actually, a couple of few nights did go down, but now it's kind of come back up and it's supposed to yeah. get a little bit warmer for next week. Well, we're, we're going to get the tail end of what California is getting. Yeah. yeah. We get it about a week later after you get it. Yeah. Yeah. It so, seems like one storm is piling up right next to another and we get 
a few days of sunshine and then it goes goes through again. <laughs> but we can't complain a whole lot. We're comfortable here and yeah. stay warm. And That's good. Yeah, it don't I live cost there for a while. It's really nice. Yep. It, it don't cost a fortune to heat here. No. This. Sandy didn't like it. Otherwise, I'd be living there. Yeah. Oh, well. Does she have a big garden? Uh, no, she just doesn't like the hot weather in the summer. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, we're hoping to do a little traveling here maybe this summer after. Did you do the thing? July. Okay, I guess we're good. No, we'll find out real soon. You're pushing my buttons. Well, <laughs> I'm always pushing someone. Well, announcement. Today is our annual meeting after church. We're going to elect some new board members and um, decide how we want to spend our outreach money for next year. Probably hear about um, news from our treasure and who knows what other wonders. So stick around. Also, we have some good food. Um, next Sunday at noon, uh, there's going to be a celebration of life for Hildy here that um, the community is going to be involved in. And today, yes, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe. Because her son's in the hospital for pneumonia still. He, he wanted to fly out for it. So I'm going to okay. today and see if he still wants to do that or if we're going to postpone it like the spring when they come out to, for, to take her ashes to the Redwood. Okay, well, to be announced. Maybe. We'll post it on email. Okay. But in the meantime, um, Joanne has a healthy presentation for us. So there we go. Is my mic on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear the music and me? Yep. Okay. So there's beautiful Hildegard, Margaret White, was born in 1929, came to America from Germany with her family. But look at that cutie pie. <laughs> he was an extra in Hollywood movies. She got $5 a day and a box lunch. He and her husband would be extras on, on Hollywood films. Gorgeous, gorgeous lady. And that's her movie star husband, father of her sons, Eric and Kurt. And that's a little fuzzy, but that's her at work. This is her traveling through Europe. 
always impeccably dressed. This was her uh, birthday party that she gave at her house. I think that was 90s. She gave us wonderful birthday parties every year. We had a little birthday club going. This is the dangerous lady part. <laughs> I would walk ahead of her and just tell people, get out of the way quickly. Always the eclectic dresser. And it was her 90th birthday party. Play that song again. I only have a few more pictures left. I'll have a longer one when the kids bring me, send me more pictures of them and the, her and the kids. Okay, the things that Hildy loved most in life. You're going to know all these, aren't you? Her family, that's her son, Kurt, on the left, and her son, Eric, on the right. Eric lives in Florida. Kurt lives in Idaho with his wife, Laura. Look at that stylish lady. Those are her grandkids. Two of them. She had more, but that's the only pictures I had. Okay, she also loved her kitties. We all know she loved her kitties. She also loved bridge. She actually got the American Contract Bridge League recognizes Hildy White for achieving the rank of Silver Life Master. She really wanted to achieve that. And she, she pulled it off. And she loved her chocolate. Ooh, we all know she loved her chocolate. If you're coming to visit me, please bring chocolate. I don't know if you all know this, but she was one of the founders of the Unity of Centralia. And she loved, absolutely loved her Unity family. And we made her Unity Member of the Year, Hilby White, 2020, 2012, 2012, that's what it's called. Okay, that's all I have for right now because I had to do this last night. <laughs> but now you guys all get to share memories of her. So I'll pass this back to Susan. Okay, so if anyone has anything they'd like to um, share about Hildy, this is your moment. Yeah, um, hang on, we're gonna grab yeah. that mic right there. And Hildy and I uh, are acquainted through Bridge. That's how I first met Hildy. And uh, he was quite a, a Bridge enthusiast, tried very hard, and she did make Silver Life Master, which is not an easy thing to do. Which, uh, uh, anyhow, one time I'll just tell a story. We were playing, I was playing with her, and um, she said, um, If you make this contract, I will shine your shoes for a week. I thought that was, I, I never will forget that comment. I thought it was kind of strange. But anyhow, uh, we really enjoyed a lot of bridge time. And, and uh, he was quite a enthusiast about 
Oh, I, I have a bridge thing. Um, I, I grew up around bridge because my mom was a bridge player, but I, it, it never took. And so a few years ago, they had bridge lessons here. And I thought, I really should learn that game. And I mentioned it to Hildy, and she said, oh, no, you'd be no good at that. <laughs> she said, you're not aggressive enough. <laughs> yes, there's one thing about Hildy. She always loved to give. And whatever she was able to give, which was clothing. Matter of fact, my mom was like... Uh, right in front of her all the time she loved my mom and she always had a certain type of clothing to give her she gave her one of her jackets and a shirt some pants and some shoes and some socks and my mom really loved her for doing that and so that's what i have to give to you which reminds me, I bought a big box of her bling. You know, oh, jewelry okay. loved her bling, and please take what you want from there. Uh, and some other little yeah. some memory things you might want to take us to Hilly's. Whatever you don't take goes to the theater. So okay, next. Let's let's open this up for the um, people on Zoom. This is Fred. Uh, she always did the centerpieces on a table downstairs. So uh, that was the thing I always remember when I go down and look at the tables, all of the beauty on every table. Um, Hildy uh, did something very, very kind and generous for us. Um, she she hosted and, and helped organize our baby shower for Isaac when he was about to be born. So. Hildy was definitely outspoken and spoke her mind and being the time that she grew in wisdom through the years, she was on the leading edge of thinking and into metaphysics when it was still considered woo-woo and she always gave where she could whether it was the rest stop um, during the cookie drives and sales one time we did a shift together and she laughed and laughed as i was putting cookies out on the little ledge there and a squirrel came up and stole one and scared the crap out of me and she thought that was the funniest thing ever. She loved my deviled eggs that I brought one Sunday and it was because it had sweet relish in it. She wanted to know what the difference was and she's like, oh, so the bite is the relish. I'm like, yep, that's it, Gilby. <laughs> She's just a sweet lady with a very open heart. And her leaning towards metaphysics comes from her mother, who was very intuitive and used to do readings for people back in the first 30s. It was a privilege to uh, attend.
thing that Italy was in charge of the food. It was great. No kidding. It, it, uh, I, I, a lot of the bridge things I went to, uh, people would bring their food, and, and her stuff was really good. And not only really good, but the presentation. She was definitely the hostess with the mostest. And Robin talked about her being outspoken. One time um, I was at her house and she looked at me and she said, you have the worst haircut I've ever seen. <laughs> and then um, the happy ending to that was when she was here about three weeks ago, I sat across the table from her and she said, your hair looks so great. I think you should always keep it curly. And I said, well, I have no choice. This is just how it is, and thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't know Hildy very well. Um, when, uh, she was, when I was younger, she actually kind of scared me. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed the time that we spent in her later years. Um, I know that was a more difficult time for the people who knew her well because she was not becoming who she was always in the past, but I really enjoyed the time we spent. Uh, I don't know, we both just got along really well when she wasn't all the way there. <laughs> probably because I'm not all the way there too, so we just really bonded when I was helping take care of her and I really enjoyed it. I didn't know her all that well either, but I will say this. She was a delight when we were here in church and she got to come regularly. She was not afraid of mumbling and out loud talking about what she liked or didn't like about what was being said or done during the service. That was that was always entertaining. Um, I love that she got to come be with us um, in the recent months. I get emotional. I do. I always do. Okay, so... Um, when she was here at Thanksgiving, bless her heart, I have my Unity membership pin that I got from Unity of Olympia years ago. And she looked at me and she said, I like that. And, and I said, oh, and she says, I want that. <laughs> and she was reaching for it, I'm like, it, it's mine. <laughs> and I believe it was Tom that kind of Interceding was like, um, no, that's you can't have that. That is that is hers. She was like, well, I want one. Um, so I did purchase several of them, and I gifted one to her when she was here at Christmas. Aww. And she said to me, she said, oh, it's like I'm always here. Aww. Yeah, it was a piece of bling she did not have. <laughs> Else. Yes, all. All right, one of a kind, Art Hildy. I swear she was, and I know it, she was a queen another lifetime, and I was her lady in waiting. <laughs> well, thank you for the opportunity, Joanne. She definitely was a great friend to all of us, and uh, we have many wonderful memories that we will carry on forever.
Okay, it's time for us to say our unity statement. We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And our song of joy today is Blessed Rain, and the Merkers will lead us in that. That's the right one. We changed the song. It starts blessed, uh, blessed always instead of blessed rain. We'll do blessed rain some other time. It's a, a really good one. Okay, can you hear us? Thumbs up. Okay, cool. Thank you. And this morning when I'm carrying 
and the rain is pouring down on me. I'm thinking, yeah, bless the rain. And so anyway, even though we didn't sing the song, um, it did bless me. So thank you. And now we're going to say our affirmations together. I am the love of God and expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. And I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect times, in the perfect way. Oh, and I made an error. So let me just back up and pretend like I'm perfect. <laughs> um, today, our reading will be given by Eileen. Um, okay, so <laughs> I did a little search for um, Bible passages about freedom in the first one that I came across and I really liked the first line of it and I was super excited um, was Galatians chapter five and then I realized that it went on to just go on and on about circumcision so um, we have shifted gears <laughs> for my choice and instead um, we will go with uh, the future glory which is Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 18, and so on. Um, so, sorry, it really threw me for a loop when I sat down to really read it after I got here this morning, and I was like, oh, maybe not. The first reference, okay, we can get through that. The second reference, continuing for three paragraphs, was a little bit much. Um, so the future glory. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory we will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal what his children really are. Against its will, all creation has subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for what our bodies Long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we have waited patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us 
and our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for the believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them glory. Thanks be to God. Right? <laughs> Thank you, Eileen and Tom. <laughs> Okay, so then we're backing up to the meditation song, which is Adi Shantri. No. <laughs> Primal force to you, I 
to say the progressive Lord's Prayer today, and that will be followed by the Alleluia. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. Thy am thy kingdom come, I am thy will being done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all people from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom, I am the power, and I am the glory of God in eternal, immortal manifestation. All this I am. Hallelujah, 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 Okay, well, look at this. Here she comes before I even announce her. It's so glad that she's as eager as we are. 
wonderful. So today, Audrey Pitchford, our beloved Unity teacher from Olympia is here, and the topic of her talk today is creation. So welcome. Thank you, Susan. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Fred and Sherry. I haven't had a chance to say hello yet. And John. Let me get my act together here. All right, let's see how this goes. Oh, and may I have permission to share my screen, please, from whoever whoever does that? Thank you. Okay. All right, there we are. So a young couple bought a farm and it was kind of a rundown farm, but they had this vision of creating an organic farm that sold local produce that served their community. And the local ministers stopped by to see, you know, how they were doing. And things were pretty run down and overgrown, and the couple had a lot of work ahead of them. And the minister blessed the farm and said, I can't wait to see what you and God do together in this place. Well, a few months later, the minister stopped by again. Or did he? <laughs> he stopped by and there had been an amazing transformation. The farm was orderly. There were crops planted. There were livestock. The fences were rebuilt. Things were repainted. Things were repaired. And the minister said, wow, this is amazing what you and God have accomplished together. And the young couple said, well, yeah, minister, but just remember what this place looked like when God was running it alone. <laughs> so what we're talking about today is creation. Having a little wobble here with my laptop. Let's see if the deal is with that. Okay. Talking about creation. And this is from our series in the book Heart Centered Metaphysics. And remember, this is the book by uh, Reverend Dr. Paul Hasselbeck. And metaphysics is a word that just literally means beyond the physical. And in unity, we use this word to talk about theology, to explore those big questions about, you know, what is God? What is humanity? What is our relationship with each other? And um, we do this all always from a heart-centered perspective. So we bring love, courage, oneness, compassion to these questions, more than looking at it as just a mental exercise. And if I haven't yet had a chance to wish you Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy 2023. 
January is a great time to talk about the idea of creation for a couple reasons that I'm going to get into here. So um, the first reason is that we have a really big cultural tradition in January of creating something new. And we often call this creation in January, we call it New Year's resolutions. How many people have ever had a New Year's resolution? Oh, yeah, I see a few hands out there, a few hands on Zoom. Yeah, okay, thanks, Fred. All right, yeah. So, um, <laughs> and um, maybe we love them and maybe we hate them. Um, what do you think are the top New Year's resolutions? I hear some laughter. Typically, they're diet and exercise. Typically, Elaine, or I mean, I didn't exercise. Okay. Yep. Those are some of the top ones. Any others? Well, yeah. Terry? Growing in spirit. Growing in spirit. Oh, that's a nice one. I like that one. That's a great one. Um, this is from a nationwide poll. Probably there's not a lot of surprises here. Uh, many New Year's resolutions are around exercise, becoming healthier, eating differently, losing weight, saving money. Uh, we haven't talked about that one yet. And um, spending more time with family and friends, which I think is, is lovely, especially um, because some of us might not have seen our family and friends as much as we wanted to uh, in the past few years. So humanity actually has a really long history of New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions first started about 4,000 years ago with the Babylonians. And at the time, they celebrated New Year's in March when they planted their crops. But at that time, they reaffirmed their loyalty to their king. And they also made promises to the gods to repay any debts and to return objects that they had borrowed. Wouldn't that be awesome if everybody made a New Year's resolution to return stuff that they borrowed? I might get some clothing back, a few books. Then the Romans took up this idea of New Year's resolutions, and Rome moved the New Year from March to January. Specifically, the month of January is named after a god called Janus, which was a two- faced God. Metaphorically, Janus looked back to the past and forward to the future. And so the Romans thought this was a really good time to reflect on what had happened and uh, where they were going. And they used that time to um, atone for things that they felt like they had to atone to, offer sacrifices to their God, and uh, commit to doing things differently in the future. And then when Christianity came around, new Christians adopted this idea of New Year's resolutions to, to, again, look at it as a time of atoning, seeing what they wanted to do differently, maybe work on their spiritual practice a little deeper, like Terry mentioned for us. Now, um, today, many New Year's resolutions are not necessarily spiritual based. They're a more kind of a secular practice. And recent statistics that I that I saw said that 45% of people make New Year's resolutions. The number of people who are successful, the percentage of people that are successful are 
8%, which reminds me of another joke that I saw when I was putting this talk together. So this joke says, I decided to lose 10 pounds for New Year's. I only have 15 more to go. <laughs> uh, terrible. All right. So why do you suppose it's so hard for us to keep those New Year's resolutions? Any thoughts? Habits die hard. Habits die hard, yeah. Eileen says habits die hard. We're like undoing what we've been doing every day and change can be challenging. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Penny. We don't actually make a plan. Ah, we maybe we don't make a plan. Maybe it's just like, oh, I'm gonna lose weight or I'm gonna save money, but we don't have the steps in place to help us do that. Yeah, Tom. We often make them because we think will please other people. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make this resolution because I'm secretly competing with my sister and then she'll acknowledge that I'm superior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Susan. Uh, maybe we forget to partner with spirit. Oh, maybe we do. What a great answer, Susan. Thank you. Maybe we forget to partner with spirit. Yeah. So um, a lot of the research on New Year's resolutions that fail talk about maybe the goals are not realistic. Maybe we don't have a plan, like Penny mentioned. Um, maybe we have too many goals. I thought this one was funny. We just forgot. <laughs> I forgot I was going to lose those 10 pounds. That cookie really wiped that memory out of my brain. All right. So um, I think uh, what Susan said, though, was really powerful, that perhaps, um, perhaps it's our relationship with spirit that uh, impacts our New Year's resolutions. Because I have a theory that a lot of New Year's resolutions are coming from a place of lack. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not rich enough. And if that is the underlying belief, I think we're sometimes setting ourselves up to not be successful with that resolution. Because we know in unity, we know about this thing called the law of mind action, the law of mind action, which is sometimes explained as thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. It's also unity's third basic principle, which says our thoughts have creative power to influence events and determine our experiences. What we think about, and especially thoughts that we charge with feeling, is what we become. So if I'm having thoughts of uh, I'm not enough because of my body shape or my body size, and that's the motivation for me moving forward, I'm taking that idea and consciousness with me with everything I'm doing related to what my body looks like and how I feel about my body. And those thoughts continue to perpetuate if I don't take a step back and look at them and say, mm, is that really a thought that I want to keep? We know that this law of mind action we can use to create good and we can use to create stuff that maybe isn't so good. I read a book recently by a Mexican author named Maggie Cook and um, she's the creator of Maggie's Salsa, which is sold by, uh, um, I think Trader Joe's stores. And her book was called Mindful Success. And in her book, she talked about having a meal with a family member. And this family member was a great cook 
had made this beautiful um, meal. They were sitting down at the table and Maggie's family member was always unhappy with their body shape and size and weight. And Maggie said she looked at her family member and her family member looked really sad as they were sitting down to eat this meal. And Maggie said, hey, are you okay? You look kind of sad. And her family member said, oh, yeah, you know, after we eat all this beautiful food, it's going to be gone. And her family member started eating as quickly as possible. And so this is an example of someone in the midst of abundance, a beautiful meal, time with a family member, and still having a mindset of scarcity and lack and thinking about, oh, oh, when is it going to be gone? And, and I do that at times too. And maybe you find yourself at times as well in a sea of abundance, but thinking with a mindset of lack. Now, we can do the opposite. We can use our minds to create good. Has anyone ever um, made yourself laugh even when no one's around and no one's talking to you, you just think of a funny thought or you remember something humorous that you did or somebody said laughing. Yeah, me too. And I think this is a great illustration of our minds are so powerful. We can create the reality that we experience. So our Unity co-founder, Charles Fillmore, talked about this idea of creation in his book, The Revealing Word. And what he said creation was, was original creative ideas and those things that are brought forth as earthly things. And sometimes this is described as creation happens twice, first in the mind and then in the outer. So the example that I've always heard is the chair. If someone's making a chair, first they have an idea of what the chair is going to look like. They come up with a plan, and then eventually they produce a chair. So Phil showed me a bench that he made for his lovely wife, Joyce, for Christmas. And I bet Phil had some thoughts and ideas about this bench before the bench appeared in the outer. Uh, it's not something that Phil just slapped together without having any concept of how it was going, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for showing me that, by the way. It's beautiful. Yeah, and um, creation is the process of bringing something from the formless to the formed, from the invisible to the visible, and it's something that goes on perpetually. So in the past, some Christian thought said that God created the world and kind of stepped back and like let it spin on its own like a top, spinning and spinning until eventually it would stop spinning. And our co-founder, Charles, said, no, no, God is always present, always creating. There's never a beginning or an end to creation. So here's another example. At the time that our Unity co-founders, Charles and Myrtle, were living, uh, a new invention was the telephone. Who knew you could talk to somebody who wasn't like right there in the room with you? That was a totally new thing. And Charles and Myrtle took advantage of that and used that to develop their silent unity ministry, which still exists today. Now, humanity continues to create, drawing on that idea of a phone, that divine idea of communicating with someone who's not right there. And our phones now are very, very different than what Charles and Myrtle experienced and continuing to evolve. So creation continues.
Sometimes the process of creation is described in this way, mind, idea, expression. So thinking of mind as another word for God or the divine, I love this definition of God, the idea that contains all ideas. I think that's amazing. And then the idea of something, whether it's a bench for my beloved spouse, whether it's a chair, whether it's um, the idea of oneness and how can we talk to people who aren't right here in the room, and then the expression, the manifestation, the actual creation of the bench or the chair, the actual creation of the telephone, the part of me that actually laughs because I'm drawing on that divine idea of joy or humor. Manifestation also is kind of a funny word. Um, sometimes the word that's used in unity is demonstration, which uh, I don't like because that makes it seem like I'm doing it for somebody else. Somebody mentioned those New Year's resolutions that we do for somebody else. I think Tom, you mentioned that, which I think I think well, those are those are always interesting resolutions. We certainly learn from them. Um, but a manifestation or a demonstration is not proving something to anyone else. It's demonstrating it in our own consciousness. And sometimes the manifestation occurs just internally but there's still a change. Sometimes it occurs in the external. So as an example, if I have a New Year's resolution that I want to change my weight or my body shape or size, and I start looking at um, how can I do this not from a place of shame or I'm too big or I'm too fat or I eat too much or you know that kind of mindset, but I can look at, I am a child of the most high. I am an expression of the divine. I'm drawing on my expression of the divine. How can I change my consciousness to change how I see myself, to express that divine love to myself in each moment, regardless of my shape and size, and know that I'm still an expression of the most high, no matter how I appear on the outer. And friends, that changes our consciousness, even if nothing changes in the outer. And sometimes it changes stuff in the outer as well. Here's the second reason that I think it's so great to talk about creation during the month of January. Uh, on January 16th, we celebrate this man. The and this man knew how to create. And I believe he created in partnership with the divine, that he drew on the divine idea of oneness, the divine idea that as humanity, we have more in common with each other than our differences. And he expressed this in his nonviolent civil rights activism. I believe Dr. King created several things, one of which was a world that had more equity in it for all people, but also a vision. He created a vision with his beautiful poem, I Have a Dream, where he talked about people being judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I believe he helped create a new mindset for our nation and for our people. And so for this, I'm very grateful for his example. All right, I am a creative creator. I invite you to affirm that with me. I am a creative creator. Yes, indeed. So now this, this is um, a time when you get to keep your thoughts to yourself, or you can share them if you want. Um, 
But I invite you to identify, and you do not have to share your number with you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident you are in this statement. How comfortable does this feel to you to say, I am a creative creator? And I see some numbers flashing here in the room, which I won't share, but hopefully everyone identifies their comfort level with this statement. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. I personally like the I am a creative co-creator. Okay. Acknowledging that egoically, I may desire one thing, but my higher self has me on the track of what is the greatest good of all. And I want that to yeah. be conscious within me yeah, and yeah. to give the credit where credit's due, no matter what you label it. Okay, great. Thank you. So Robin shared that uh, the idea of being a creative co-creator resonates more, which is awesome. Thank you. We're going to talk about co-creating here in a bit. So yeah, it's like you read ahead. <laughs> Sometimes our culture has funky ideas about the word creative. And sometimes, sometimes our culture um, gives a message that creativity is limited to only certain people. And as an example, um, a term that I hear that I don't really care for is when people describe some people as creatives, oh, creatives, or cultural creatives, or creative types. Personally, that doesn't resonate with me because I believe we all have this power to create and to co-create. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not so sure, Audrey, I don't know, let's do this test. How many of you have ever uh, been waiting on a loved one to arrive and maybe they're late and you don't know where they are and you start imagining maybe they're dead in the ditch on the side of the road or maybe they're in the hospital and you start wondering, when do we call the police? When do I start calling the hospitals? When do I call the hospitals? I'm seeing a few nods. Yeah. All right. Great news. If you've ever had that experience, you're a creator. <laughs> we can create worry with our thoughts. And it sometimes takes a change because maybe there's those habits that I mentioned that we're having to undo. But if we have ever created worry, we know that we have that creative power within. And we can use that creative power to create peace and joy and love. Charles also put in the revealing word these ideas about creative, uh, creative intelligence, a way to refer to the mind of God forever upbuilding the universe, and creative principle, God as the cause of the all-moving force in and through all creation. And I really like that he said all creation because Charles didn't just say, well, just through me and Myrtle or just through people who attend Unity Churches or just through people in Missouri, but through all creation. So I, again, I just, I really like that idea. It resonates with me. In the Bible, we have a passage from the book of Mark that talks about another creative process. And this is from the book, the book of Mark, pardon me, chapter 11, verse 24, the New Revised Standard Version, the updated edition. And it says, so I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So I was giving some thought to what this process means to me. Ask, believe, 
receive. I think the ask part can be some of our traditional practices like prayer and meditation. I think they can also be anything that reminds us of our truth, that reminds us of our oneness with source, with divinity in each moment. It might be singing. It might be listening to music or seeing a beautiful scene. It might be creating a vision board or whatever we're doing that reminds us that the divine is right here and right there and right there and right there and in everyone all around us. However we are remembering that oneness, I think is the asking. And then the believing, this is where things get interesting in my opinion, because the believing that we have received it invites us to step into our fifth unity principle. So our fifth unity principle is we live the truth we know. Our fifth unity uh, basic principle says it's not enough to just like think about these ideas and say, oh yeah, that's a nice idea. And yeah, I believe in oneness and all that. The fifth unity basic principle is about acting on our ideas. It's about actively living from that place where we believe that oneness, that place where we believe we are co-creators. And so my example, again, if I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to um, focus on divine perfect weight and divine perfect shape here in 2023, and I'm remembering myself as a child of the most high in every situation and circumstance, regardless of my shape and size, then this step, believe, is an opportunity for me to say, if I believe that we're true, if I believe that I am the divine's beloved, however I look, whatever shape and size I am, what would I do next? What would I do? Would I feed myself junk food? Would I feed myself harsh words? Hopefully not. So we get an opportunity to think about what does believing that really mean? What steps do I take based on that belief? And then we receive. And again, receiving might be in our consciousness where we have a greater sense of loving toward ourselves, a greater sense of compassion for ourselves and others. It might be receiving in the outer. We have the ability to co-create based on this powerful formula and based on our thoughts. And so Robin's word, co-creators, uh, this came up also when I was planning for this talk. In the revealing word, Charles said, co-creators, that means humanity with God. And uh, Charles said that God creates in the ideal and humanity creates out, carries out in the manifest world what God has idealized. And so in each moment, we know that our oneness with source is what helps us create and that we have that power to bring forth our ideas for their highest and best expression. All right, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and you may or may not agree with me, and that's okay. I believe God needs us. I believe we need the divine, and the divine needs us as well. Just a couple things that I jotted down during the service. One of our affirmations is, I am the love of God in expression, in expression. And I am the glory of God in eternal, immortal manifestation. I was looking at those beautiful pictures of Hildy earlier, and I thought, 
This is how love expresses in relationship, in the hugs, in the laughter, in the connection, in the conversation. I brought up uh, my picture of my little cheesy farm joke earlier because the couple said, yeah, well, you know, God wasn't doing so good alone. So we had to, we had to be the uh, expression and out picturing of, of God to fix this farm. Not that, not that there was anything wrong with the farm earlier when it was just kind of falling apart and doing its thing. And I believe that we have this sacred opportunity to create good based on what we know of the divine, what we know of ourselves, and what we know of all humanity. And so as we travel through January and we think about any New Year's resolutions we made or not, and we sell next weekend, I invite us all to remember that we always have that divine presence within us, around us. We lean on it, we create from it, we bring it forth into the world. Like that beautiful song that the Merkers sang, um, where it was uh, not the not the healing rain, but it was, Susan, tell me the title again, Blessed Always, not the Blessed Rain. For the arms of God surround us. How are we the arms of God? How are we the arms of divinity in this world? Because we, we teach in unity that God's not a super being, a big guy up in the sky, that God is a presence, a principle. So how do we express that love of the Most High into the world? And let's take a few minutes in meditation to focus on these ideas. So I invite everyone to settle into your chairs, fully relax your body, breathe in, breathe out. Knowing that the most high is right here, right now, within you, all around you, in your neighbor, in the bench you're sitting on, in this beautiful building, in this town and this state and this nation and this planet. We are creative creators. We co-create consciously. We lean on those divine ideas, the divine idea of love, the divine idea of oneness, the divine idea of compassion. These divine ideas are always available to us. We can't use them up. And we use our sacred wisdom, our discernment, our inner knowing to know how to express divinity in the world and in our lives. And so let's take a few moments in the silence with that idea that we are open and receptive to knowing how we express divinity in this world.
I invite you to hear these words as the words of your own heart. I am a conscious, creative, co-creator. I create in partnership with the Most High. I am an expression of the divine in the world. I am an expression of the divine in my life. I allow the divine to express through me and as me. And I am blessed and I am a blessing. And we know that this is so. And so it is. Amen. Thank you so much, Audrey. What a wonderful message to begin our new year with. Thank you. It's time now for our offering. We'd like to thank everyone who has donated to Unit. Any checks that are sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia 98531. And you can also donate on our website at unityofcentralia.net. And of course, we want to thank you for all the ways that you give of your time and talent as well. Let's say our offering prayer together as we hold our offering in our hands and hearts. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. All right, let's say our blessing of thanks together. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly, and so it is. And it's time for our healing prayer. If you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, you can speak out their name or hold them quietly in your hearts. Um, as a community, we continue to 
pray for all people and animals that are displaced by war and any of the conflicts around the world. The members of our community who must deal with basic human needs while living without a home. Uh, we want to remember this week, Kurt White, Hildy's son, who is still in the hospital with pneumonia. Um, Vernon Decker, who is in our hospital here in Centralia. And uh, Joanne, who is recovering from her back injury. And Johnny, who is almost there, but still working on his shoulder healing. So we can send prayers to all of them. And Terry. Uh oh, okay. Prayer healing prayers for Dixie, who's been in the hospital for two days. And anyone else? Robin. A local veterinarian is going through some contrast, but through that contrast, although it's causing some health problems, it's going to create legislative law to change a situation that will benefit veterinarians all in Washington State. Wow, that's powerful. Okay. And one of our legislators here locally is the one right in the middle. Thank you. For all of these prayers that we've heard and for the ones that are being used silently, beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And it's time for us to say our prayer of protection together. <clears throat> the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. And it's time for our peace song. So while you are jumping up and forming a circle, that's your cue. Um, I'm going to thank Audrey for our marvelous talk this morning. And uh, Mike and Karen and Isaac, and I couldn't see who all was on the screen for the music. Joanne for the wonderful slides and the great tribute to Hildy. Eileen for the reading, Tom for stuff. And next week, our speaker will be Mariette Jones, our licensed unity teacher from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. So join us then.
Take 